All right. Uh, okay, I got it. Um, I'll sing. What song? Um, how do you solve a problem like Maria? <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's a lovely song. How do you solve a problem like Maria? Got anything else? You pick it. Lemon tree. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Oh, Trini Lopez. Lemon tree, very, very pretty, pretty, and a lemon flower is sweet. Right, okay. You got the tape? Standard. Micro. They were into soccer. I was, I was, I was into Pokemon. So this is a Wendy's. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a whole nother podcast though. This podcast though, this is the show. Seinfeld podcast. I'm Alex Lee. I'm CJ Ward. And, uh, we like a lot of things in life. We have a lot of things in common. One of those things in common is uh, we love a good episode of Seinfeld. And we hope you do, too. So we have just been watching the series and going in order based on how we assume the writers intended it because that's the way it's ordered on the DVD. It's a little out of order. But yeah, we I just... forgot when I was looking at IMDb, I was looking, I was like, okay, so, like, what? Which one's next? Which order did we go in? <laughs> we are, we're at the phone message. This is uh, our 12th episode. Season 2, episode 4, the way it aired. Episode uh, 7. Seventh episode of the second season. Uh, it was like good. Said, it was fucking funny. It's good. It is, I, I, I called it uh, to you uh, a quintessential filler episode. So, yeah, so I, I, I almost got into this earlier with you, and I held back and said, I'm going to save it for the show. But, like, I don't know where you're coming at with this is a filler episode. I didn't feel filler at all. I felt this is a prime episode. Just because it's filler doesn't mean it's not funny. So then where are you coming at it with the filler argument? Elaine and Kramer... This is a Jerry and George episode, and usually when you do the duo-type episode, the other characters, their purpose is to serve. They're, and they they are, in this episode, only serving, but I don't count, but how, how does that count as filler? It's just, I mean, for Seinfeld, it's a quintessential filler episode. It's You got these two goofballs going off and screwing, it up, screwing it up with their ladies. <laughs> We get we get a Larry David story reenactment, which is why I feel like it's more of a prime episode because it's it's something that was actually taken from Larry David's real life situation. And then oh shit, I just had like a, I I I had a really big thought while you were fucking well, going I can, off there. If you can if you can remember it, I can actually fill in for you right there. Uh, on the inside look on the DVD, Larry David, uh, it's a short inside look. Larry David says he actually wrote this sketch for SNL and they didn't do it. And he was able to call back to it um, for this episode, which actually, uh, if I could launch into another point about this episode before we actually get into it. Because this episode, uh, when I mean by filler, it filled in for an episode that the cast didn't want to do. It did, which is good. Like, like, I was thinking about that and we... We, we kind of have our own little side endeavors here. And I I totally respect Julia's uh, hesitation on yeah. why they cut off doing... Just just go ahead and tell them about the episode. Because so, now we're talking in intertwining circles here. So I will post something probably to the Twitter and the Discord universe. Um, it's an article from Screen Crush. And it kind of sums up what we're about to talk about, and then some of the info I have gotten from the notes about nothing. But basically there was this episode called The Bet where Kramer comes back from Puerto Rico and he tells Jerry and George that he had sex with a stewardess and they bet $100 between Jerry and George whether he did it or not. George doesn't think he did and Jerry says yes. Meanwhile... uh, he bets uh, Jerry bets that Elaine will not buy a gun for whatever reason. I guess the city is unsafe, and Kramer takes Elaine to a guy, and 
instead of buying a gun, she ends up buying a toy gun because she didn't say there was no caveats in the bet um, about it being a toy gun. It just had to be, you know, a gun. And what Screen Crush, I don't, I mean, they may, they may get into it in the, in the article. Um, but one of the things that I found interesting is it wasn't so much like the Kennedy joke, but I think it was. It had, it had to be her actually holding the gun to her head, right? And right. being like, hey, do you want the Kennedy or the McKinley? And like, like holding the gun to herself and simulating. What's interesting is the notes about nothing don't say anything about that. That's interesting because I read that as well, that that's, that is the joke. And that made a lot of the cast uncomfortable. And I can totally see why. Uh, not that they won't go back and make. Yeah, you think putting that on network television, that's awkward. Right. Especially the whole, you know, gun violence, you know, in, in the 90s in general. But uh, to loop back to what uh, the rest of that whole arc looked like was Jerry, George, and Elaine all go to the airport to confront the stewardess. And while rifling through her bag looking for a picture, she pulls out a toy gun. She pulls the toy gun out, and they're all three, like, arrested for bringing a gun to the airport, which I think is just, like, the icing on the cake for that whole storyline. Sure. Uh, interesting things that the notes did tell me about on the DVD. Uh, the guy that Elaine would have bought the gun from, we end up seeing as the naked man in the subway. And the stewardess that Elaine or that Elaine that uh, Kramer supposedly sleeps with is is the the lady of the night that we're about to meet in um, oh what is it's the episode that you the stranded which I think is interesting because Seinfeld would definitely do something like this where they would audition you for a role hey you didn't get it why don't you come back and do something else we'd love to have you do something else. In this case, the, those two characters actually on, were man. at the table read. So, uh, yeah, I'll post that article from Screen Crush because it definitely is. It'll give you the summary, you know, of all of that. But it's just uh, very interesting. So that table read occurred the day after they shot the Chinese restaurant. So they come off shooting this really fast episode. And they're asked to do this weird table read. They go to shoot. Well, I was going to say earlier is they still don't have, like, that formula down all the way yet of the whole intertwining of stories and such. So, yeah, this has to be filled in completely. And they don't have that direct formula yet. So, I don't know. I sat here this morning with a cup of coffee, and I laughed my ass off watching this episode. I had a... I had a grand old time watching this episode. I found myself laughing at the opening joke because I have definitely done my fair share of ragging on Jerry for his outdated jokes in these opening cuts. But the the whole soda in the can, his delivery of the line, just all of that to me. And then Kramer coming at him uh, with the joke later. (laughs) See, and that's oh my gosh. It's as good as anything you've got. Oh my god, that was fucking I like great. that I like that in universe Jerry Seinfeld, his friends like rag on him for being you know, it's as good as anything, you know, your your jokes aren't that great. And I think that's actually kind of a bit of a, a, a joke on Larry David a little bit because Jerry in this um in this uh, episode had some comments about Larry David sort of being a legend in the underground he's like a comedian's comedian like he says things that comedians find funny but that doesn't mean the general public's gonna find that funny and that's sort of what makes larry david a better writer and if you just think of curb your enthusiasm an extension of larry david like you see just all these things you hear about him and you're like yeah that's pretty much him on tv isn't it yeah that's him that's him so into that first scene we get a really interesting new way to eat at Tom's. Right right to the counter. Right to the counter. And uh, not Tom's, not Monk's, but Mona's. Mona's? Yeah, if you look at the menu, it says Mona's on it, not, not Monk's. How did I miss that? Really? Mona's. Mona's. Well... 
I learned a lot about Dan Quayle from the notes about nothing. Oh wait, wait, wait! First, first, can we? Can I say like one thing? Yeah. Do you know who directed this episode? I I do. By the way, I'm looking at you. It's probably pretty obvious. <laughs> that, uh, I think I think I think it is pretty obvious. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We've been gone for a second, and now we're back, and here we are. So, for the grace of you, and for the grace of the listener, and for the grace of that drop, here's a new drop for you. Tom Sharonis. Greatness. Our good buddy Tom. Tom is. He directed this episode like he directed like all the other episodes in this uh, season because uh, he is the greatest Seinfeld director of all time, and he is the greatest George Lucas impersonator. And he also had a big problem with the bet as well. He definitely backed up the actors, and I think that went a long way with uh, all of them entrusting his his ability to, to, to direct their show. Good for him. But even though they didn't get to use... A Kennedy line in the episode that didn't air, they did end up getting one in subvertively. George makes this like quail Benston line. You know, for those that weren't around to understand the politics of the nineteen eighty presidential race, I'll give you I'll, this is what's great about this show is it gives me all these historical and political references that Larry David loves to throw in. Um so during the uh, 1988 presidential election, George Bush's running mate and vice pres- uh, uh, future vice president defended his political experience, saying he has as much experience as Jack Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, when he sought the presidency. His Democratic counterpart, uh, Texas Senator Lloyd Benson, back when Texas used to have Democratic senators, mind you, said, I knew Jack Kennedy he was a friend of mine. You are no Jack Kennedy. And this apparently froze Dan Quell up and kind of became like an iconic presidential like debate line. It was a vice presidential debate. So even though they didn't get their Kennedy reference in, they got their they 3D got chess Kennedy reference they in. Got their, they got their cheeky, cheeky Kennedy reference in. But if you think about when this aired in 1991 and was filmed in December of 1990, this would have been something that you know, would have popped a lot of people. So, uh, for those of you who are hot with the 19, you know, with the 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 trivia, the political trivia, there's one for you. I do like a good diner bar counter. There's this place in Oklahoma City we used to go, and I used to get chicken and waffles at a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'd go sit at the the countertop, and it's a, it's a great way to eat diner breakfast. Yeah. Fully recommend this this way 100%. I think the closest I've been to probably in the last 10 years has been like a Steak and Shake. Where like I've purposely ate at the diner at the Steak and Shake. Don't dog Steak and Shake. I do like a Steak and Shake, but I don't consider that the true diner experience. I, I can say this because I'm in what I would call immaculate shape now. But at, in college... I got really fat on Steak and Shake. They have some delicious, delicious, cheap, cheap cheeseburgers. They do. They do. They do. Fries are good when they're hot. I, I, I do give them credit. They do make a good milkshake. I like their their bit about if I don't get the, the, the enthusiastic high, I'm out of there. And then it's 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 interesting. This, this bringing it back around. Again, I'm going to go back to the filler point. This is an episode that doesn't fit in 2020, Alex man. Alex knows where the show is. Like, it's funny, but it's only funny if you, like, quote-unquote, get it. And if you don't, it's just another episode. Like, who need you don't... Nobody is leaving voicemails that you want to hear. In 91, the, the I feel like the voicemail is a big, big yeah, gimmick. Yeah, no, this, but I, I get that. In this time period, it's a good episode. I mean, it's filler now because it doesn't fit. You don't, in... you don't screen your phone calls now on your phone? Anybody that wants to get a hold of me is texting me. Do, do you not, if, I, if like there's like a random number, right, and they leave you a voicemail, do, 
do you not like let it go to voicemail and then like you're like okay what is this and then the moment you and then the moment it comes on says that it wants to some talk to you about your car warranty then you can delete it I don't. I still have. I can. I can bring my little notifications on. I have a voicemail right now that I have no intention of checking. I didn't. I don't even have my box voicemail set up. box set up. I didn't have mine set up for like the first year. I could have swore I did, and then my girlfriend was like, "Hey, set up your voicemail box." I was like, "I, I thought it was." That's what I'm saying. Like this, this episode just doesn't fit. The the the, the idea, like the the Jerry storyline. Uh, is is pretty funny. It doesn't like work whole... now because you can't go in there and switch. I guess the modern day version of this, like, is like I need to get in and delete this off the the cloud. Yeah, but uh, was that like the movie Sex but you Tape? Need, but but you need like some like cybersecurity training and some like you know certifications and an IT degree and six months of FBI training to get that shit, bro. I uh. What is the cloud? The cloud, it's 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 all made up. It's just data. It floats above you in the air. It's the Matrix. So George's obsession with like underwear and toilet paper and bathrooms. He's Bro, first a of weird all, dude. First of all, kudos on I I love that he got the date. I love how how ecstatic he was in the diner that he got the date. Well, he got called a wuss. I mean, it, it was that it was almost like a revert. Like if I, it's yeah. And then I like that when they're both on their dates, like their witty banter. I like showing this. It works. Yeah, like they were both like whatever George was doing, like worked. And then you know, Jerry Dude, the comedian. Is, so first of all, three hundred and sixty pairs. There's three hundred and sixty-five days in a year. But that's what you're upset about. Well, got where he was going. He's got five days. That's five days of going commando, though. You ain't got five Saturdays where you just don't want to put on underwear. You can't find five Saturdays in the year where you just. I bet you in this year I've gone way less than five days commando. I bet you I've gone like two days commando this year. That's it, bro. And this year, really? I don't. I don't go. I don't. I gotta have. I'm telling you, man. I gotta have. The only time I go commando, it's not out of it's it's not out of will. It's out of fuck. I'm out of boxers. You, you do you do. Take I'm an a lot active of person. You can't you can't you can't be free swinging it out there. I'm an active on person. Hikes. Okay. There's gotta be something to soak up some sweat. You ain't got five days of vacation that you're just like nope. Ball sweat. No. <laughs> But uh, the very different endings to these phone uh, to these phone to these car conversations. Uh, oh my one of the most iconic <laughs> endings. I mean, uh, it's what is poor George? Poor George. Do you want to come up for coffee? No. no. <laughs> it, it, it it keeps it, me. Up. It keeps me up. But okay. coffee isn't coffee. Coffee is sex. Coffee is sex. And then on the other end, she doesn't want to go upstairs because it's being painted. Do you and go to she your place? offers to go to her place. And Jerry's very forward with the, there's no cake or anything if that's what you're looking for. Which I think is... It's a, it's a the, great line. I think that's better than the, it keeps me up at night because it's... It's it's the great it's the greatest metaphor. You can't have your cake and eat it too, but like, it's, there's no cake over there if that's what you're looking for. I thought that was great, and then when they're up there and they're talking about the commercial, and I love how just how turned off he gets. He's like, "What what's great? What's great about it?" So they they poke at themselves again here, mm-hmm. and he talks about how he can't stand that the Dockers khaki commercial whatever is about nothing it's not about right it's 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 not about the pants it's about nothing it's about nothing the whole nut that you think that's coming off of the chinese restaurant oh, i absolutely do that they just absolutely did. do uh one of the other 
uh, little bits that the inside look had was one of the writers talking about Jerry in real life did not like the like the talkers commercial. This isn't like him doing a bit. This is legit Jerry Seinfeld like calling Cotton Dockers out. Dude, you know what's funny? While also giving them free free advertising. I've seen him when when he gets on something, bro. I saw, um, oh well, he was on. I think it was on Comedians in Cars, and. Uh-huh. Him and some lady get talking about uh, Tomcat Goldwit or whatever. And apparently, he does not like Tomcat Goldwit. I don't know, but he, it was like, whoa. He just gets on like it. Just it, I found that funny because like the whole bit about you know, I mean, this will be a thread throughout the episode. Uh, that really, it, it really does crack me up that he gets he's just so upset, and this is a real life thing. And they use it for what will become like a pretty consistent thing in the show of, well, we're just going to dump women for petty reasons. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the women who are the problem. It's really us who are the problem because we can't get over these little petty things that like normal humans can talk about with their partners and go, hey, this, that and the other and, you know, work on being better people. These people aren't willing to do that. Like, it's just a dumb commercial. Is this is liking a commercial going to be a deal breaker in a relationship for you? Uh, no. And, you know, but he he tries. He tries. I had to tell my friends. My friends didn't have to tell you. <laughs> Getting a little ahead of myself there. But um, that was one of the lines that made me laugh out loud though i was like oh my god that's fucking funny uh so a bit of a correction uh in the notes about nothing like they're the ones who have put me on this journey of watching them in this weird little order uh that we're watching them in and they can't even count the girlfriends correctly they try and tell me that this is jerry's third girlfriend which we know is patently untrue right because there's marlene Marlene, the chicken in the very beginning now that Mar- Marlene is number three, his two girlfriends in the first season. Right. And uh, Marlene, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth is uh, the lady who screams at him uh, during the baby shower. Yes. And this would be five. Yes. Donna. And then uh, George in this episode gets his fifth girlfriend with Carol. So keeping up with Jerry. Surprising think- for George. Oh, they, they make George very... George gets around, man. George gets around. and, and as... He even has a shot with uh, the likes of Marissa Tomei at one point. Right, and, and and I like how very early on Jerry and George are established as Eskimo brothers. <laughs> so, uh, and we'll see in later episodes the, the gang does catch up. Uh, you know, uh, we've already had an Elaine, you know, boyfriend-themed episode. Um, which was, which was, which was pretty good. Um, uh, one last little note about that scene with the cotton dockers, uh, the original, uh, joke, uh, the original intro to that scene, Jerry's actually telling Donna about the pony remark and how, uh, he could actually be considered Manya's murderer. Uh, oh, I didn't catch that. Uh, no, 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 it's, it's, it's on, like, the notes about nothing, they told oh, me God, that. It, uh, it, they, I can see why they wouldn't necessarily want to write that, <laughs> but just the, just the fact that they're willing to kind of reference some of the things that have happened in-universe, uh, is something that they'll definitely, they'll definitely do. Um, a very early second, uh, stand-up. Like, yeah, but that's because the... Whole next scene, the whole next apartment scene, though, is a fairly long scene. From where they're there, he's about to do the phone, the the phone conversation, and then they leave. And he does the phone conversation, then they come back, and there's a whole another separate line of dialogue. That whole next apartment scene is a long. That's true. A long it does, scene. It does start with Jerry and Elaine, and then and then George comes in. And then Kramer, no, is it Kramer then George? No, yeah, it's George then Kramer. Yeah, George then Kramer. George then Kramer. Kramer gets his 22nd entrance. Does the joke. We see the apartment's now 3A. 3A, I saw, yeah, I I, I had that mark, 3A. No longer 5A. 
Um, we get uh, a uh, reference to Elaine's brother-in-law that we never get again. No, no, uh, ever. Uh, so Elaine, so that like Elaine's sister, right? Elaine's got a sister. Like they all have, like, well, they all have siblings. They've all mentioned siblings like that we'll never ever meet. Yeah. I, this is early on where it's like, who can like you know? They, uh, I think this is where we can drop threads for later. Like they. Uh, Maybe it wanted to cast like Elaine's mother Isaac. later, but they never ended up doing it. Uh, I, this is coming off the jacket where they were like, "Ooh, we can't really use this Alton Bennis guy again because he is uh, he creepy. He a bit creepy." If you haven't uh, listened to the jacket, uh, go listen to that and listen to that uh, Lawrence Tierney story. Uh, we get. Um, we get our first vault reference in this episode, or is that am I am I am I a little first vault reference? Our first vault reference. Oh, is that in this scene, vault. or am I getting ahead of myself? I didn't catch it. Um. Oh, dude, I didn't like Jerry's look in this scene. He had the tucked-in green the, with shirt. The... With the jeans, with the with the no belt, and the loops were just wide, wide out. I'm talking the gr- the green. What? What is it like a dark green shirt? He's got this weird maroon shirt on. Are you talking about Kramer? No, Jerry, because it's tucked in, right? It's tucked into some denim. It's tucked into his pants. Hold on, I've got the episode on right now. On wide scene. belt loops, n- no belt. That's right. You 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 had brought up Kramer doing the bit earlier. When he comes in on his 22nd entrance, he comes in and gives Jerry the joke. The joke. And he delivers the, well, it's as good as anything you've got, which I just love. Because, hey, throughout, the, like, your George, we'll, we'll, we'll get a George trying to do one to him. Elaine will try and pitch one. Uh, but he's in Maroon there. It's funny because still, I don't like the look. all four of them are in the apartment, and while Kramer's delivering this bit, George is just hyper-focused in. He's, on, he's in the background. Sta- he's staring at the phone. Yeah. He's staring at the phone, getting up the courage. And you're right. This is a very long scene. I love how we're now... It's a long scene. I had talked about Kramer and Elaine being supporting characters. She starts the scene. George comes playing in. Playing like Mahjong or something. Well, playing, she's playing backgammon, I think. Backgammon, that's the game. She starts the scene with Jerry. George comes in. Kramer finishes it off. Kramer actually takes Elaine and... Well, George kicks everybody out, but I think Kramer kind of capped in off everybody coming in. Uh, and you're right. We get George just, I mean, he delivers the whole awkward mm. answering machine bit. And it's just, it's so, it's, it really is cringe. It really is cringe TV. It In was real life, fun. though, wouldn't like, the answering machine cut him off a little bit early? Wouldn't it just, like, I mean, that's, I don't the, know if he would have gotten all that in, but uh, TV, I mean, and it was worth it. The, the, the cringe comedy was, was definitely well worth it. Right. You know, Jerry comes back in. Or J- Jerry and Elaine both come back in, and that's when Elaine gives them the idea about the whole switching of the message. Uh, well, he's plants the idea. He's not. He's not to the point of. But it's Elaine that plants the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is Elaine's idea. Again, just kind of serves to, you know, move the plot forward. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, because. She, uh, she's awesome. <laughs> uh, you were talking about some of the weird fashion choices when, when, you know, what makes that apartment seem, seem long. Cause it looks like they do a commercial break and then they come back and they're still in the apartment. Oh, maybe they do this really long, like bit in the apartment when you remember Jerry does his lactose intolerant bit. Like really dude, you eat like four bowls of cereal a day. You're lactose intolerant. Uh, but George and Donna are both wearing yellow, and it's weird. Uh, I didn't. I, oh, you know what? I did. I saw that, but I didn't note it. It's when Jerry gives the like the he, it, he steps when... off, and he George opens his big mouth, and this is when he makes the vault run. He goes, "You know me. I'm normally like a vault." The Cotton Docker. Girl. Uh oh, Cotton Dockers. Um, when when Kramer comes, and then in, Kramer will come like, in. Oh. That's Cotton that's Dockers. a top tier Kramer moment. Oh my god! Kramer, I d- yeah, I Kramer's died. in green in that. So Kramer, Jerry's in red all this episode. George is in like some yellows, and Kramer looks like he yeah he's in a green stripe striped shirt. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I think she's, I mean, is she overreacting? Is she overreacting to her, to him talking about her? I don't know. Uh, I would say on the matter, yeah. I think I, 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 I think it's a little bit of over, uh, of an overreaction, but I would see if, if I was. So I think the next question is because George tries to backpedal and say I like the commercial, and it's like, see, he's being dumb, right? I think she needs to kind of press them harder. Of well, do you agree with me or agree with him to see? you know, what kind of shit he's talking. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think by the time Kramer comes in and he gives out the cotton dockers, I think at that point she's over it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they're right back in the... Then they go right right to the right to the restaurant so so George can hatch his, his scheme uh, with with uh, with Jerry. And and we get a we get a good call back to uh, at the beginning of the episode. Where George using the line that was used on him. Was yeah. yeah, he calls Jerry. A I boy. noted the the face Jerry makes. Uh-huh. Jerry made this weird wuss, but it was just very elongated, drawn out like look. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jerry's look was 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 great. Larry David with his dictator references. He's got yeah. to, he's got to throw in a Mussolini reference. Um, the the girls want a a, a dictator, a czar, or whatever. From and, earlier, yeah, yeah I a mean, colonel, a czar. That was and that was in the middle of like I mean we referenced NORAD in that bit too. Uh, oh yeah, uh, they what work? Uh, what would you say? Yeah, they work at NORAD. Oh, I can't remember the joke, but it's a good fucking joke. I wish yeah. I wrote it down. All night missile watch, which is exactly what NORAD is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Except for come Christmas time, then it's all night Santa watch on Christmas Eve. Yeah, whatever. Um, is that when the, is that when the nukes actually travel across that's, countries? That's when they they put up the Santa radar and you can see where yeah. Santa's traveling on Christmas Eve <laughs> via NORAD satellites. The it's wholesome. The plot moves pretty, pretty, pretty quick here. They're just uh, Jerry right to outside of the uh, apartment. Yeah, right to outside the apartment. The uh, some some we we use in our everyday lives a lot. The uh, how do you solve a problem like, like Maria? Maria. Uh, I was watching this Roger episode. And I was watching this episode with my wife and. I was like, "Hey, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna know this coming up because the Sound of Music is literally her favorite movie," <laughs> and it got a chuckle out of her. And then the the Lemon Tree song is by the same artist that uh, did La Bamba, you know, La, 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 La Bamba. Bamba. It's like that same artist. It's a famous. Um, I forgot to I forgot to write it down. It's like Trini or Trinity or something like that. It's a famous. It's a famous uh, a Latin musician. Um. But yeah, it's just they're just was just some shit we would tippy do toe. like tippy yeah. toe, tippy toe, tippy toe, uh, tippy toe. Yeah, it's tippy it's toe. great banter, great banter, and even when she shows up, even yeah, when she, she George George is on point in this episode. He definitely takes the lead with the I need to lie my way upstairs. He 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 looks at Jerry early, and Jerry's like I gotta go to the bathroom. He gives it to him like that's a good one. Ah, I gotta go. That's a good line. You're there for support. Oh, that's a the good. The coffee house next door has a bathroom. I need to make a phone call. Well, they have a phone too. You son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Look, go. look, look. Jerry's a and little. This is what I would do too. I would throw my friend under the bus too. So I'd be like, hey, look. In this situation, hey, you have my permission. <laughs> my friend, he's got, he's got an issue. <laughs> he has a phobia. A phobia. We gotta get him upstairs. Okay, sure, we'll go upstairs. I need to check my messages. The son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, once they get upstairs, things get very, very good. Friend on Jerry though for having both tapes, the the big one and the micro. Oh, for sure, that was you know clutch. Didn't need, didn't need the micro. Uh, my question is, the tape he pulls out is completely different than the one he pulls in, and she will later go and open her messages. Like, I know you've been gone, but you don't remember what the tape looks like. And you hope in that situation, you hope adds an amount of time they don't know. 
I don't know. That that seemed pretty, pretty, pretty weird to me. Uh, we do get a joke that will be referenced uh, later on oh. with George's father wearing shoes. And apparently, this is a problem for George. This is something that has scarred him. He apparently thinks that – After you had to tell me your father wears sneakers in the pool? But he will later use it as an excuse for why his childhood was worse than Jerry's. And, because uh, the puppy shirt, right? Yeah. So he definitely has an issue with this specifically. This is something that definitely scarred George. <laughs> You know uh, what? It bothers me too. It bothers me when I go to like the water. I just wear water shoes. I don't like water shoes either. Wearing shoes in the pool in general bothers me. I remember when I'd go to like swim camp or whatever. I'd be in like some kind of summer camp and we have to go to like some public pool. Like you have to wear shoes. Or we'd go visit like a lake or something, right? We, they'd like you have. I to, get shoes in a lake. That makes you sense. have to wear shoes. And that makes I sense. wouldn't have water shoes, so I'd have tennis shoes. That feeling of water and shoes is just weird. It's weird. It's it's, it's not natural. The shoes aren't natural, bro. Yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> I liked when... I mean, obviously we've been... We're at the end of this episode with Upstairs and Jerry's exchanged the tape and he's said the shoes in the water... And it's all built up to, you know, George needing to get these messages that he's Mussolini'd onto her machine just for her to drop the bomb that, oh, yeah, dude, your messages were great. I totally it was hysterical. This hilarious joke, these, you know, obscenity-laden answering machine messages. So all I, of that for naught. All that for naught, just classic. Bum, bum, ba, dum, yeah, just the just the the classic, sub the just subverted the whole story, and you know they they walk out the door. You know, no harm, no foul. Like I think everybody kind of comes out pretty even in this episode. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry lost, lost a girlfriend. Jerry but... lost a girlfriend. Uh, I don't. I mean, we'll never really see this this. Uh, Carol again, I think on George's end. Uh, but as far as we know, Carol, you know, he got a he got another date uh, from her. Yeah. So I just it's uh, I feel like Dockers may have won this episode with all the free press they probably got from just Jerry talking about it on their tele. I mean, it's a it was a, it was an episode that was watched by 13 million people, which by today's standards, whoa. But by 1990, it was their lowest standards. Nielsen rated show. And yeah, it, it, it caused them to actually pull the show for a few weeks. Uh, I think it was like four weeks or so. Um, so what had happened? What had happened was see what had happened was so this episode aired fourth in the second season. It achieved a 9.7 rating, which means 9.7. Uh, households with the television had it tuned uh, tuned in, and then I think it was of those that were actually watching TV, fifteen percent of those were watching your show, which equated to thirteen million people. But the first season they were showing up after Cheers, so they were pulling in nineteen to twenty-two. Pulling in the the Cheers audience, but they made a great pair because I mean that's a great, lighthearted you know yeah dealt with some sophisticated shit if for the nineties or whatever, um, ended up spinning off a great show, and so they tried that when it when they came back so the next episode we'll watch will be, it aired after Cheers and you'll see we'll definitely see. The ratings um, pick up. So this episode, you know, it aired after it. it what, what also scared? So I'm I'm trying to pull up my numbers and make it stop moving. So their numbers dipped pretty much every week for those first four weeks. That was that was sort of the issue. Was they weren't they weren't gaining an audience and they weren't holding i mean whatever they were airing before it didn't even say on the notes they didn't have an audience before them to hold and that's what seinfeld did when they came back so like we'll see we'll see some really big numbers 
for things like the apartment and uh, the revenge and the statue and 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 the deal. The deal's kind of where they. Deal's a good episode. The, the deal does the the deal's a good episode. Deal like the deal is actually what's funny is we've already watched the three episodes after the deal. We've already seen the baby shower, the Chinese restaurant, and the busboy. That's funny. And the Chinese restaurant had an eleven seven rating and a twenty one share. Huh. I know we just talked. I know we just just talked about all that, but that would be, you know, eleven point seven. 1.7% of households, and then of those that had them on, almost a quarter of those. So we'll see, you know, a whole lot of more million. But Baby Shower, 12.4 with a 21 share. And then the Busboy had an 8.8 rating. So they were all, they were still, even after those Cheers episodes, they were all over the place. And those yeah. are all episodes we talked about already because of the way the DVDs have these ordered in the, hey, this is how we wrote them and shot them, so this is how you're going to watch them. Yeah. Not this weird NBC, we don't know what we're doing with this show. Like, you had it after Cheers. Just leave it after Cheers, man. Like, why you got to take it off the air and put it back on? And this, I mean, this is a weird show to be watching this way and learning about all this. It's crazy about all the stuff that they went through early on in their show with such low ratings. You know, things that we had talked about before. And that, you know, it, it, it turns into this... This like 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 once it gets going, it gets going, and it it's, it snowballs and becomes a monster and then it's a freight train. Yeah, and we haven't gotten it, there yet. It but can't we're be close. stopped. We're right there on it. But it, it's it's just crazy, all the kind of shit that they went through before they got to that point of just trying to get this show. I mean, we're a week of... to 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 keep it on television. Even I mean, you gotta think at this point they think, are we gonna be back on? Mm-hmm. You know, like. What do they think about us? They just pulled our show for a few weeks. Like, like, whoa. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. I I don't know how you would. I don't know how you would cope with that. Like, when are you gonna put it back on? You just I keep mean, rolling. I mean, I just I don't know, man. Well, because this the so they shoot all these episodes before they air, and we're watching them in shooting order. So they're 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 at home. How how we'll see them watch the pilot? Like they're at home watching it, going, what the fuck? Fuck. So. Hopefully in the apartment, which is the next episode in canon and in aired, um, we'll get a little more from the notes. Because a lot of my research from this comes from the notes because I trust it you know, to, to give right. me what I need in these inside looks, which um, I really haven't even come across too many director commentaries or commentaries so far. There's a couple episodes... Um, I'm looking forward to the first Larry Charles one. Yeah, that would be is, fun. Uh, I believe that's the the baby shower because that's the Jerry gets shot because I that, I'll always think of that. That was his first episode because Jerry had to die in that episode. That's funny. Yeah. Um, again, that's another good episode. Go listen to that episode. Um, for sure. So, um, what was the closing stand up on this episode? Hanging up a uh, slamming a cordless phone. Uh, all right. I get it. There, because the, the, I I get this joke because with the invention of the cell phone, you don't get that either. Mm-mm. You don't get the satisfaction. No, you, of the, you don't want to throw down your your cell phone. Right. Like that one is an expensive iPhone. Like you don't. And, Eleven three X Infinity Engine Nikon. Right. Samsung. Nikon makes phones. That'd be pretty cool. I bet they have great cameras. But they have great cameras. Phones. What's that Chinese company? The the big one. Hawaii. That, that had a, they had the they have like Hawaii. the like 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 the super fucking yeah. smartphones, the badass cameras, but they're basically spyware. Spyware, yeah. For the Chinese government. So is TikTok. Delete TikTok. Yeah, delete TikTok. Yeah, fuck TikTok. I'll I'll be that podcast. Yeah, fuck you, Winnie the Pooh. But the the especially kids that like never really had like the phone that you could hang up on, like you like. Our generation, oh. like this, the 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 the, the '90s kids, last you could slam that phone out of frustration. Yeah, and in the early 2000s, they might still remember because my parents had '90s kids and 2000s. Well, that's kids, when we all so. had the see-through phone in our room. Oh, kids! Kids don't know about the see-through phone. The see-through they they phone. don't they don't know about the helmet phone. They don't know. By the way, I'm watching a '90s uh, HBO show uh, about. 
uh, sports agents that's really good that I would love. I, I can't wait till we get some like TV uh, for a preview of the other podcast. Um, it's called Arliss. It's really oh, I've heard good. of it. Lots of celebrity cameos. Um, lots of celebrity cameos. And, uh, and I mean, teenage Kobe Bryant, like baby Bryant, like brought a tear to my eye, like happy tear because it was so unexpected to see him walk on screen. And it was so great to see him. He was speaking Italian with, with, with Arliss, which was like, oh, so he's not just here to be the basketball player. He's here to kind of show off because he was such an international dude. I mean, from Italy to Japan, like everywhere that he lived uh it was really great but it's 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 an awesome show and i look forward to talking about like some of that stuff because it's it's a lot of crossover and Um, i don't remember my previous thought oh we were just talking about telephones and a lot it's just a common theme we're we're coming up with with jerry stand-ups is they're very technology outdated and and uh, he has a lot of phone bits. I feel like a lot of his phone bits. <laughs> He's talked about pay phones. Yeah. Um, now we've got cordless phones, uh, phone answering machines, all things that went away when we started carrying computers in our pockets. I miss a good pay phone. I mean, could you imagine a pay phone during COVID? I mean, that's just insane. Right, that's insanity. So yeah, that's uh, that's the phone message. Very enjoyable, very laugh out loud worthy. I I laughed it out, man. I love it. There there are many bits in that episode that, um, like I said, are still you know, uh, tippy toe, solve a problem like Maria. Uh, I. Yeah, I it's will watch this episode it's, again. It's as good as anything you've got. I don't like coffee; it keeps me up. Yeah, sex, that's that's a forever uh, coffee, bit. Coffee isn't coffee. Coffee is sex. When you think of George Costanza, that's that's one. You know, that's a moment. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I I thoroughly. I gave it a three point seven cups out of, cups of coffee. I'm I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it four point three. Okay. I can definitely tell you liked this episode more than I did. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I I there was a probably a good bit, you know, the the stand up scenes, the stand up jokes really didn't land with me a whole lot. I, I, I can't remember you know, off the top of my head what a whole lot of them were. I said the first one was the best one, the soda bit. I thought that was one of his funniest. But the whole time during jokes. the soda bit though, all I could think of was the fucking Capri Sun commercial where they're doing the extreme sports and turning into like but liquid. Yeah. But it's funny, right? It, it what yeah. his joke was able to connect you to whatever was it was funny for you for, sure. for whatever reason. It was funny for me because I think he delivered it well and it was just a really good joke. Surge yeah, commercials. like I just because I think he's kind of shitting on all. Commercials in general. Because they're out there doing extreme sports and they're they're I am with my surge and my. Like, yeah, if I buy this big truck, I'll be hauling concrete for some reason. (laughs) Like, I know it's not geared towards me. Like, I get it. Um, I mean, it's a good buddy episode, but I wouldn't call it like a good, like, it's just, they're not really doing too much together. I guess, I guess at the very end. I mean, if you want to nitpick it that way and be like, oh, well, they're not all four together. No, no, no. I'm thinking about team, like buddy. Like... Team, no, no, no. I'm thinking like team up, like George, Jerry, and George, like doing something together, like a team up. Like, uh, I thought it was good, buddy, buddy episode. Then, I mean, they're they're conspiring together. Jerry tries to help a friend out, and even though George completely fucks him over, but Jerry's like, ah, fuck it. Oh, that might that might that might be list worthy. That might be the only list I would put it on because it, it does involve them having to get together and the tippy toe scene, the whole tippy-toe, apartment, tippy-toe. bathroom. Yeah, okay, okay. Like I said, I didn't Lemon hate tree. this episode. It's a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty filler episode, but that doesn't make it a bad episode. See, yeah, but yeah, but when you say filler episode, it almost to, to me it almost puts like this derogatory stamp on it. I'm not trying to put a derogatory stamp on it. I'm trying to try. I'm trying to take that term back. Doesn't mean it has to be bad. Taking it back. I'm taking it back. <sighs> Not every criticism is a 
is a is a negative criticism. Four point three. It's fine. I gave I gave a three I gave it the same let me let me scroll back. Let me scroll back. I gave I gave the jacket a three point seven. That's uh that's an Alton Bennis that's the Alton Bennis episode. Yeah, it was okay. It had its moments. Yeah, I mean I gave it it's yeah. I mean it's, it's no Chinese restaurant. It's no phone message. Go, go listen to it. It, it actually is the phone message, bro. No, this is the phone message. This is the phone message. Yeah, so I was, so I was talking about. I was saying it wasn't the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, I was saying it wasn't the phone message. The Chinese restaurant wasn't the phone message? No. The... The episode we just did was the phone message. The other one. The jacket? Yeah. The jacket's not the phone message? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you can find uh, this show on Twitter at... This underscore is the show. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us wherever, whatever platform you want. You might be able to find us on iHeartRadio. I'm not sure. You can definitely find us on Podbean. You can try. Search uh, us. You can Demand us, on, us. You can find us on Google Podcasts. So we are out there if you find that. That's where I get my podcast, to be honest with you. I wonder if I can get us on, on AOL Music. I wonder if AOL Music still a thing. Let's go, Mr. 90s guy. I'm, I'm looking at that. Uh, if you want to join us on our 90s Discord, uh, we have an AOL email address. CJ, you want to give us that? Our AOL email address is uh, chilled in roasted. Uh, that's just a letter in and then roasted. Uh, the number is 89 at americaonline.com. You don't have to type out America Online. Just, just type out AOL for short. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll send you an invite to the discord discord or you can hit us up on twitter just just get hold of, if you get hold of us somehow some way we'll probably invite you into the discord it's fun 90s gifts seinfeld gifts because they're 90s fun love hangout spot. peace prosperity yeah this is the show we're not changing it